When is it time to hire? Episode 239. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Profit With Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I want to talk to you about hiring somebody for your firm, whether it's the first hire, whether it's your 20th hire. Um, I hear over and over again, attorneys saying, you know, I I had to come to the office on a weekend. I am sitting here collating papers to mail them out. I'm trying to figure out, should I hire somebody? And to an outsider who hears the question, the answer is obvious. What do you mean, should you hire somebody? You're an attorney. You spent years becoming an attorney. You took a bar exam. You should be doing legal work. You should not be collating papers. You should not be mailing papers. You should not be spending all day and night managing your email. You shouldn't be making collection phone calls. The problem is um, we start off as a solo. You start off doing everything yourself. And you have to grow from that position to being a business owner and being an attorney. And I want to address this on on today's episode. I want to look at what is the human psychology that is creating this phenomenon. Why is it that we have such hesitation about hiring the next person? And why is it that we often wait too long? One of the things that the mantras that I've heard over and over again, I have no idea where it came from, but it's so true. It's... um, Hire slow, fire fast. You want to make sure you're hiring the right people. But hire slow doesn't mean take a long time deciding who to hire, uh, deciding uh, when to hire. It's It means take a long time deciding who to hire. In other words, once you're looking to fill a position, take your time to fill that position with the right person. Uh, but it doesn't mean take a long time deciding to make the decision to fill a position. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, but another thing that we that that we find is if you look at um, any business owner, lawyers, non-lawyers, talk to anybody and say, okay, you're a successful business owner. If you look back at the last 10 years of running your business, what is the top three things that you would imbue to somebody else who's starting a new firm or a new business or... Um, you know, uh, you you can talk to the the ten year old ten years ago version of yourself. What advice would you give yourself back then? And ninety percent, if not more, of the business owners or law firm owners that you ask that question to, one of those three things will be hire somebody faster, hire somebody sooner than when you were desperate for it. Hire somebody before you need it. 
And it's interesting because we know or we understand deep down that we need to hire somebody before we need them, right? We need to hire early, um, but we don't. We don't. We tend to wait. We tend to um, get to the point where we're frustrated, where we're starved for sleep, for food, because we're literally working every minute of the day and we're coming on the weekends, no social life, no family life, always, always working. And it's obvious I need help. But yet we're asking the question, should I get help? And I think that this boils down to really three primary issues that are happening. You know, the first issue is something that I tried to highlight, like um, in past episodes, I've basically, I've talked about operating from abundance. The opposite of abundance is scarcity, right? We have a tendency to operate from a scarcity mindset. If I were to ask you, what do you charge? And you told me three fifty an hour, four hundred an hour, or five thousand dollars for this type of engagement. And then I asked you, why that price? How do you settle on that price? By and large, most of you will say, well, because that's what other people are charging, right? Or that's what I feel like I could charge in my market because if I charge more, I would price myself out. Or if I charge less, I would be cheaper than my competition. And why am I bringing this up? Because we tend to operate in this world where we're always competing against somebody else. And the reality is, is that we're not. The reality is, is that nobody is our competition. There is nobody out there that is exactly the same as you has the same mannerisms, has the same personality, has the same skill set, has the same working hours, has the same work ethic, has the same handwriting. I don't know. Whatever the things are, when we start to look at you as a holistic, big picture you, there's nobody else like you. So when when somebody decides to engage your firm to hire you to represent them, that is happening because of a collection of all of the different inputs. They liked you. They liked your price. They liked your office. They liked the way they were treated. They liked the way that they were contacted back. They liked the experience. They like somebody else who likes you. So, when we look at the holistic picture of why somebody makes the decision, your competition, quote unquote, is not really part of the discussion. It's, it's a small, tiny factor. What you're charging compared to somebody else or what your success rate compared to somebody else is a small input a small piece in the overall big picture decision making process of should I choose you should I choose your firm so the reality is is we don't have competition 
Sure, if you were the only attorney in town, you would get all the legal work. But unless you're living on a deserted island and you're the only attorney there, you're not going to be the only attorney in town. So for 99.9999% of the people listening to this podcast or that I will ever come in contact with, there's more than one attorney in town and the other attorneys are not your competition. They're just not. So when we start to think about whether or not we should hire the next person, what's happening is is that this scarcity mindset that's so ingrained into us that we are competing against other people, that we have to win business, there's cutthroat things that have to happen, right? One of the things that happens is we start to question whether the current success we're experiencing is going to continue. Will I continue to be able to close 10? What if the phone doesn't ring next month? What if the whole month goes by and the phone never rings? I don't get a single client. How am I going to be able to afford this hire that I am about to bring on? We start to create these mind games with ourselves about whether we can afford it or not. And it's based off of this this idea that there's not enough in the world. There's not enough business out there. Somebody else is going to get it. And the reality is, as long as you keep doing good for your clients and you keep continuing your efforts... There's no reason that it should slow down other than comet, co- you know, typical ebbs and flows that are normal where you have a better month, you have a worse month, you have a better month, you have a worse month. But, you know, over time, when you look at the average, if you're continuing to put in effort to grow your firm, you continue to see that grow. If you're just kind of like treading water, you're not putting in any effort to make it grow. You might stay stagnant. You might stay horizontal or maybe even dip a little. But your business is not going to die overnight. It's not going to stop coming in overnight permanently. So scarcity is, is the first challenge that we have. The second challenge that we have is a belief. Now, a belief is something that you believe to be true. Um, however, it's not based on facts. Now, one, what is the belief that I'm referring to here? We have this belief, or at least most of us do, that we need to be able to afford something before we spend money on it. And it's interesting coming from somebody whose background is an accountant and I'm big into numbers and I can budget from here to tomorrow, I'm a profit-first professional, and I believe in running a highly profitable business. However, when it comes to making decisions in investing in our business, when we look at the current state of our business to make that decision, we are ignoring the future potential benefit. So let's ignore the fact that you're talking about hiring somebody. Let me give you an example from the past, my past life. I used to work for a technology company that sold phone systems. And we had a brand new 
technology called the IVR. You're going to laugh because I'm dating myself right now, but the IVR was an interactive voice response system. And essentially what we what we had with this IVR was we had this ability to automate phone calls to people that would do appointment confirmations. So our target market was doctor's offices and we would go to a doctor's office and we'd say, here, we want to sell you this IVR. And what this computer can do is it can call all of your appointments for the next day and remind them that they have an appointment and this is when their appointment is. And we had this return on investment analysis that we showed them. And what we showed them was that there is a return of the time that if they're currently doing um, appointment confirmations, there's somebody in their office that's doing it. So what's the value of that person's time? We analyzed that. And then we also showed them what is the amount of business that's lost by no-shows and what is the amount of money that you can earn if people were to show up. And when we showed them or we demonstrated through data, through studies, that doing appointment confirmation calls increases the show up rate by X percent, we were then able to demonstrate that if they put in this IVR, which costs $20,000, and based on the size of their practice, they would be able to increase their revenue per day by X amount which would mean that this machine would pay itself off in, and usually the, the math worked out to two months, three months. Now, if we didn't have that calculation to show them, nobody would have bought the product, right? So the point is that that $20,000 investment made sense to them once they were able to see the potential that the machine has. In other words, once they saw that within three months we can recoup $20,000 of additional revenue for them that would pay for the machine, it was a no-brainer because anything that has a three-month ROI is worth doing because you're going to be making money on month number four. So when we look at whether or not we should hire somebody and we say, can I afford them? We're operating from this belief that we need to be able to have money in the bank today to pay, and, and we play these games, right? Oh, I need to have six months of their salary put away. I need to have 12 months of their salary put away. Hiring that person is going to create the ability for you to make more money. If you hire somebody who's going to be doing clerical work for you and is going to save you 10 hours a week of, of clerical work, you now have 10 hours a week to sell more or to do more work for your clients. You That 10 hours translates into significant, significantly more money than what you're going to pay that person. So, this belief that I need to be able to afford that person is completely false. And the reality is that most business owners who grow quickly recognize that the more I hire, the faster I grow. 
And therefore, I don't need to be able to afford them based on my past history. I just need to be able to project that I can afford them if the future is exactly as I predicted. And because you're going to be able to create this vacuum where now there's room in your firm to take on more cases, clients will come. And there's, I mean, I have seen some people post, and I think I mentioned this this post in, in, in a previous episode, but I saw a post from somebody who was asking questions about whether people, whether law firm owners have maintained a wait list for people who want to retain them, but they're full right now. How are you full? How, how is a, how, how do you as a business owner decide that you're full and you say no to new business, right? And I did, I, I did an episode on um, your law firm secret weapon and I talked about raising your prices. I mean, if somebody comes and wants to do business with you and you're full, charge them twice as much as you normally do. Charge them three times as much as you normally do. Don't say no. But the point is, is that if somebody who says that they're, you know, they're full, if they were to simply hire more people, whether it's an attorney to handle more casework or whether it's another assistant to now free up an attorney to be able to handle more casework, suddenly you can say yes to more clients. Law firms pay thousands of dollars to get the phone to ring, to bring leads into the office. People would, people would pay ton, a lot of money to have the problem that you have. So don't solve the problem by pushing away the leads that are coming in. Solve the problem by making room for those leads. So that is the second um, kind of psychological thing that's happening that we need to shift and change. The third is something I call hero syndrome, and we all have it, okay? We all secretly walk around with a cape, um, and we believe that we are the blessing to the world. Um, some of us have it have a worse case than others, but the reality is, is that we all think that we know best. We all think that we can do the best job. So what happens is, is that we want to be the one who does it all. And that creates this problem for us. Because when you hire somebody and you delegate to them, you're actually conceding that somebody else can do the job instead of you. And that goes against our ego and against our hero syndrome. And it's real. And even when you're past the hiring decision and you decided to hire somebody and you bring them on, you, we continue to struggle with hero syndrome because we hold on to things and we don't like to give them up. So the only solution to hero syndrome is to recognize that you're suffering from hero syndrome. Because without recognition of that, you're never going to let go of anything. There's no point in hiring somebody if you're not going to delegate a task to them, right? 
the reality is, is that somebody else can probably open your mail. Somebody else can probably sort the mail by bills, checks, client work, um, you know, client documentation or client communication and junk, right? Chances are somebody can be trained on how to enter bills into your accounting system. Chances are somebody could be trained how to answer the phone. Chances are, you know, the, the list goes on and on. I start with the easy basic tasks because they're easy and basic. But guess what? You might be the best attorney at what you do, but you can train another attorney to be the best attorney at what you do. And there is no greater satisfaction than having somebody in your place doing the job that you used to do and doing it as well or better than you were doing and you reaping the rewards of that. It's hard to believe today when you're suffering from hero syndrome, but if you truly think about what you want with your law firm and where you want it to go and you put yourself in that future position, look around you 10 years from now when you're at that stage, look around you and tell me how many people do you have working for you and what is each of their jobs? And then what do you do? My guess is that in your ideal situation, you're either in the office picking and choosing whatever you feel like doing and everybody else is doing everything else or you're sipping on the beach drinking a margarita. You may love what you do, but I'm sure you don't love coming in on the weekends. I'm sure you don't love needing to be doing the collating. Even if you love doing the collating, I'm sure you don't love being, being the person who has to be doing the collating. My point is, is that hero syndrome is only going to slow you down. It is not going to be good for your growth. And the faster that you can recognize you have it, the faster you can solve it. Because in order to grow, in order to to succeed in a massive way, you need to get really good at delegating and automating. Delegation can come first. It's easier. Teach somebody how to do it. Hand it off to them. Automation requires you to think about the process, think of all the steps, figure out if there's something, a piece of software that can automate it for you, and then programming the software to do exactly that. So those are the three psychological um, things that are going to creep up in the process of making a hiring decision. Now, the next question that we need to ask is, who should I hire? And for that, I'm going to keep you in suspense. For that, we're going to save and wait for another podcast. Um, but in this episode, what we did cover is um, this idea of raising your prices. I refer to a previous podcast episode that we did very recently uh, called The Secret Weapon to Your Law Firm. And um, let me just make sure that I have the right name for that. We will link that up in the show notes, um, but you can find it 
by going to it's your law firm secret weapon episode 237 you can find it by going to profitwithlaw.com forward slash 237 now there's also a book that really does a good job of outlining and highlighting and making you understand or helping you understand this concept of having somebody else do it and overcoming hero syndrome. Um, It's a fairly new book called Who Not How, and we'll link that up in the show notes as well. But what I'm going to do is is I want to give away some Kindle versions of Who Not How, some eBooks. And here's what I'd like to do. Um, We're going to check. Uh, So here's here's what I want to do. We need some more ratings and reviews in our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes um, library. So if you're an iPhone user, if not, you can create yourself an iTunes account anyway. You could do this, but um, go on your phone. It's really easy. When you go into our podcast, if you scroll down to the review section, there is a little um, square with a pen in it um, that says write a review. And I'm looking right now. It says write a review. You click on it. You give a number of stars and then you type your review. Write a review. Take a screenshot of it. Send an email to info at dreambuilderfinancial.com. I'll link that up in the show notes. And the first 10 people that write a review for the podcast after hearing this episode, we will send a copy of the book, Who Not How, to you. Um, Absolutely free. We'd love to share that with you. And we appreciate the help that you're going to give us in promoting the podcast with that review. Folks, if you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're listening to every episode. We have a great interview coming up on Thursday, and I will be back next week to talk to you about who is the person you should hire um, next. Now that we talked about the fact that if you're asking the question of whether you should be hiring somebody, you're already waited too long, you should go ahead and do it. But now the question is, who are you hiring? We'll talk about that next week. Take care and enjoy. Thank you for tuning into the Profit With Law podcast. Your feedback is extremely valuable to us as well as helping us reach more people with this valuable content. Please leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast directory. Join us again next time when we are back with even more strategies to profit with law.